to the Four Jack Podcast. gentlemen welcome back to tour trash sunday edition powered by none other than TaylorMade golf fresh off the authoritative win by sam birds on his repeat at the valspar championship lots to dive into on this podcast today but before we get into all the action we're going to head around the country and check in with the boys on the road d lane what's happening in socal today well breezy today um just talking a little off air that we uh we've got the west trade winds back so we've got the golf course playing a little differently right now as it's blowing. It was almost 25 today at some point. So LA is getting a little bit of a breeze, but that's no good because that means we're not going to get any rain, but it is what it is. Golf course is pure. It's still sunny in 72. So if I'm bitching, I'm being picky. <laughs> Rest a little different in your neck of the woods. What's going on with you? No, it was nice today. It was in the low seventies also here in Toronto, uh, but it's the worst time of the year to be here because everything's mud, mud slush. So not fun, but uh, looks like Sam Burns got on his birdie juice this weekend and uh, made it happen today. So good weekend for golf. Yeah, pretty exciting finish with the uh, with the playoff win by Sam Burns. What a putty rolled in. That was a bomb. A little unfortunate for Davis Riley. Obviously, he had a tough day today making that triple uh, early on in the round, but uh fought his way back and, and got himself into the action. A lot of names on the leaderboard kind of stand out for me. Nice to see Mr. Adam Hadwin, Canadian content, making another sneaky top 10. I think it's safe to say that Sam Burns is a bit of a presence now on the PGA Tour. This is his third win in the last 12 months. Obviously, the repeat, he won the Sanderson Farms. Johnny Wonder kind of pegged him a while back, saying this kid's going to win a lot. He's going to win majors. I think he's got the game for it, boys. What are you thinking? Well, I mean, you roll it like you rolled it all day, right? Every par save you needed was there. Um, obviously, one with that putt on the second playoff hole, kind of a little unexpected. Uh, I thought Davis kind of got a tough break. You know, he uh, I thought he had a great shot, hoisted it and everything. and still took that big bounce. And, I, you know, four pretty much was the only score he was going to make. So it, it was a hell of a putt. But, you know, as somebody who's kind of near the Callaway guys, uh, yeah, he's definitely pegged. He's, he's definitely part of that group that they're expecting a lot from. Uh, he rolls it well. Uh, he, he hits irons well. He, he, he doesn't miss with much. And because of that, you know, he's really, really good on golf courses that played like today, right? Going to just get it around, going to putt it well, going to do all those things that are necessary. I'm more worried on his end, you know, just on the driver. I think that's the only thing that could get away from a little bit. Hit beautiful three wood on the first hole. Kind of came out of it, got a good lie on that second one. But it's it's a big deal going forward as far as what his driver does and, and what he can get it do, what he can do, excuse me, when he gets it in the fairway. Yeah, he did have a back injury last year that took him out of, uh, I forget what event it was, and that was a little bit of a red flag saying, uh-oh, early on in the career, you definitely don't want to have to be enduring any back procedures. But uh, looks like he's, he's strong and he's in good form as we head into the first major of the year. Bryson, he takes? Yeah, I think, you know, again, we've talked about his athleticism. I think he's a player that, you know, played three or four sports growing up as a kid, uh, you know, in Louisiana. I think the golf tournament truly was lost by Justin Thomas on the 11th hole by making bogey. Um, at the same time, I think, you know, for Riley and Burns to kind of, you know, battle it out today, it was kind of nice to see some, you know, LSU, Alabama, some SEC love. I guess we'll throw Thomas in there too. So, mm -hmm. um, no, at the same time, I think, you know, for 
maybe not one of the most exciting PGA Tour events. I think, you know, if you tuned in today, you know, making that pot, the triple bogey, there was definitely some, you know, uniqueness coming down the stretch that, uh, you know, made it interesting to tune in today. Yeah, I think, you know, it, it was Davis's tournament really to lose or win. I mean, obviously the triple brought the whole field back in. Looked like it could have been a bit of a runaway today if he would have just parred the course kind of thing. But uh, a lot of interesting names on the leaderboard. Sahith Digala, obviously his hot play at the Waste Management continuing to translate. He didn't play that great at Riv, but nice to see him back sort of in contention again, I guess you would say. Stewart Sinks up there, another sneaky top 10 for him. I think this was his 19th Valspar championship that he played in at 48 years old. So nice to see some of the older guys still uh, still in form. That's that's really exciting. Brooks Kepka had a day today for sure. That was, that was a fun round to watch. The six under snuck him into a T12 finish. I'm, I'm interested to see kind of what happens now moving forward with these guys as we, as we head into Augusta. Looks like Justin Thomas, like you touched on, I mean, his game is rounding into form here nicely. So I think he's going to be uh, definitely someone to, to keep eyes on. I'm going to throw out a crazy master's prediction. And I think the man with the AP, Stuart Sink, I think, you know, Georgia Tech guy, I think it could be an old guy. I just have this weird kind of, I don't know, something about Stuart Sink and Augusta this year, if not Justin, but... Uh, just kind of throwing it out there. You you're, getting off the, you're getting off the speed train early? Is that what's going on here? Never off the speed train. But, um, no, I think Jordan has his green jacket. I think he'd want his PGA Championship at, uh, in Oklahoma this year, so Southern Hills. Yeah. I think that would be a nice round four majors for Mr. Speed. <laughs> Keep it clean. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I want to know what your futures are in your Stuart Sink pick. You might as well just back a Brinks truck up to your house. I don't know. There's something about his son being on the bag, and I don't know. I watched a few highlights. I don't know. He just, you know, that cut. He's moving it both ways. You know, the putter's a little bit awkward to watch, like the kind of, uh, I don't know what to call it, the hesitation. Will's out. I don't know what it is. but We'll just, we'll just call it thorough. <laughs> The you know what else is happening that's pissing me off is, is Fitzpatrick once again is going to give a couple of top tens. So I'm going to be staring right at him at the Masters and I'm going to lose with him for like the 13th year in a row, whatever age he is. I love the kid. I think his game is so suited for Augusta. Like of all of the Europeans, I really believe, well, DJB's computer is going crazy. I really do believe that Fitzpatrick has such a great game from Augusta. I pick him every year because he does the same thing. He plays great at Sawgrass and he plays great at Innisbrook. He'll do well when they go in the, in the prep before, and then he'll be a no show. And it's like, God damn it. When can I just get away from this guy? I think it's something to do with putting with the pins in. I think he's the only guy continuing to do that on tour. So maybe that's a bit of the Augusta curse. You know, they won't let him there. Has Adam Scott still got the flag in? Yeah. Okay. Well, two guys, there you go. Call me out on it. Two guys. Yeah. He is putting with the, uh, I think long putts with the pin in, short putts with the pin out from what I saw in the last, uh, when he was playing at TPC. Did you guys hear that Justin said Riley reminds him of himself? Did you guys hear that story when, when they were talking about on TV with Hicks? So they were talking about the end. They were talking about JT as he was signing autographs and JT said he sees a lot of himself in Davis Riley. They work hard. They practice a lot. And uh, he thinks there's a hundred percent chance that kid's going to be great. I thought that was a very endearing, if not interesting comment from JT. 
Were they teammates at Alabama? Do you know? I don't know that. I know he's close to Zell Torres. I don't know uh, what his college okay. program is of choice. You guys will have to do some research on me on that one. I know he went to Alabama. I just wasn't sure if he played with JT or not. So it looks like they might have overlapped. So, but no, um, I, I think it goes back to what we were talking about two weeks ago. I think, you know, Pat Perez said there's 60 guys, you know, that would be lined up to play on the PGA Tour that you've never even heard of that can. Yep. 64 every single day and this davis riley kid is you know his junior career is ajga i think if you look at i'm just glancing junior, junior, he played junior rider with burns correct so you know we don't hear about the kids that are studs that take three four or five years to get out on tour we hear about you know the superstars like justin and jordan and um you know many and many others at the same time we don't hear about the guys that peak at 26 27 28 Mike Weir, you know, 32. Um, so there's a whole bunch of guys like that, but it's, it's pretty cool to sort of start to see guys that you know, grew up together, you know, they're finally starting to make cuts and, you know, be relevant. And I think these guys are all still buds, you know, off the golf course. Um, and they even mentioned today, David, uh, they mentioned that that's kind of the, the, it feels like it's switched with Europe, right? So now this group of Americans are all young. They know each other. They all play junior golf with it. They touched on that again today, saying it just seems like there's just this camaraderie. Everybody seems to know each other, much like it was 15, 20 years ago on the European tour, right? And and so I think that's kind of an, an interesting thought process, which you said, is it's taken a couple of years. Some guys like Colin came out, like, I just keep waiting for Justin Sutter to put up a monster event. You know, I watch him and I just, it's like, it just blows my mind. He hasn't yet. But, you know, guys like Colin came out of there and Victor and they're rock stars. So I love the depth, you know, and the, and the great thing is, is that it just doesn't matter week to week. It's like you go down that leaderboard and there's 40 guys that you have to do a little research on. And there's 40 guys that you do that can just flat ass play. So it's pretty special right now. It's, it's definitely on the come. Well, I think Jim Nance, you know, that's why he's not doing this weekend because he has to do research. That's not the top 25, but um, oddly enough, he's from, it looks like the same town as Hardy which was the podcast that dropped last Thursday. And I wonder if he got on the short bus to go to the national finals like Hardy did. But looks like they're from the same hometown. He's a little bit younger, but uh, he's a boy from Mississippi that went to University of Alabama. So here's if you didn't listen to the Hardy podcast, just going to go <laughs> short bus and win in golf tournaments from a rock star. So maybe Davis Riley rode the short bus. There you go. Speaking of short bus uh here's a question for both of you better to lose is it easier to lose is it more digestible to lose to a friend in a playoff or a pj tour event no. or does it matter no. at this point you're it, gutted. just a job you're yeah. gutted these guys are all out there for one thing right they're paid assassins now six eight hours later sure absolutely but at the moment no i, I don't believe that like you're i'm i'm sure that you are happy the other person won but it doesn't make any difference internally how bad you feel that it lost now if you're a guy today you know, like me, Smith, or some of these guys where it changes lives, right? I don't think Davis is worried about finances. I think that that's a little different story. So, you know, if you're coming down the stretch and it was JT and Spieth, you know, trying to win the colonial, you know, one of them, you know, when they're forever set seven generations down, possibly. Um, but I'm not going to say that, that today, I'm sure Davis would have rather stepped on his neck and then help him up than he would have said, congratulations. Yeah, I think catch up. Uh, shit on a piece of ketchup or a piece of shit with ketchup. It's no shitty shit either way. 
no matter which well, one you yeah, the, the Canadian analogy is just, I just don't know where you guys, it's got to be Western Canada, right? I, where I, was going with that. I, got, I got lost in the shitty ketchup. As you sit in the restaurant. That's awesome. Yeah. There you go, right? How to relate it to some kind of a food concept. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Well, David, you touched on it earlier and uh, the elephant in the room, obviously got to give a shout out to Subpar podcast. These guys dropped a massive podcast on Tuesday after the Monday finish at the players. They had Norman on, they had the shark on, he's talking up live. This is a thing it's going forward. It seems to be a big deal. They got a lot of money back in it. They have 60 national sponsors involved outside of the, as Brandel Chambly quoted saying sewer money. So I guess my question to you guys is how do you foresee this thing moving forward? Do you think a lot of guys are going to jump ship? Do you think the PGA tour is going to allow them to play specific events? There's obviously team events in this competition. That's kind of the focal point is what Norman touched on in the subpar pod. So I'm going to pose the question to you guys, how does this thing move forward and what do you think the longevity is? Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure that at some point there'll be a melding of something right somewhere in the middle is usually the truth. And a lot of these guys talking about things like Phil, we're talking about, it's a little bit like DiCaprio taking a private jet to an eco world, you know, global warming excuse me, symposium trying to talk about this stuff, right? Like, I think at some point the hypocrisy is going to come out. And I think at some point there's going to be a middle here. Uh, we've talked about it every week. The DP would be the biggest recipient if we can do something to merge that. Because, I mean, the tournament today in Jayburg, which is one of my favorite towns in the world, was just almost unwatchable. You don't know a single soul. It felt like, you know, kind of like a national club pro. And, and that's not a shot at the guys playing. You just didn't know anybody. And while the stories are great and the guy was crying in the interview this morning, it's like, what are you going to do to uptick that? Right. And, and I think, I think if it wasn't Norman, it would probably be a little easier to digest because again, he just doubles down and then he triples down and he's such an asshole. There's just no other way to talk about it. Like nobody is, is speaking highly of him, but you know what? Trump's Trump. Norman's Norman. They're not going to change. That's who they are. That being said, I, I think that the quality of events, I would really, the ones that get me, of course, are the team events. I think that's an interesting way to do it. I, I think there would be a little bit of fun. I'd like to see the PJ Tour incorporate that a little bit because I think it's relatable. You know, a tour event with partners, possibly shorts, make it seem like it's everyday golf. But as much money as is supposedly up for grabs, you know somebody's going to play for it. And if if guys like Kokorak and, and Poulter and, and Westwood have extends careers and it's kind of the anti-senior tour so they can go keep doing it, or you know, you can get a, a Porteous or some of these guys kind of in the middle of the pack from that European tour that could win, of course it'd be life-changing. So you've got to support it. But I think your young core of the guys we were talking about earlier at the Valspar, I think they're the ones that aren't going to have a lot of interest, right? There's that sort of pursuit of the legacy of the PGA tour that exists that once these guys get to that level, it's about collecting the wins. It might not always be about the paycheck for these guys, but there's that sort of legacy and integrity built into the, the history of the game that they're trying to achieve. So that's, I guess there's always going to be competition. There's always going to be different opportunities in it. The one thing I will say, David, before I let you jump in here is I think they really missed the boat on the, including the female perspective and the female professional sort of stage into this equation. I think it would have been a little bit different optically if they would have had a, you know, a female contingent in this or an opportunity for some of the women to, to get involved and get in on some of this cash, because I think those tours and there's a lot of hardworking women out there that are amazing in sport and they don't, they don't get that appreciation. They don't get that camera time. 
and they don't get that that paycheck at the end of the day. So I think that's something they really fell off on. Chris, go for it. I just think the money could have been used so much more effectively. I think to try to take on the PGA Tour in any capacity, I think that, you know, we talked about, you know, the European Tour and um, I think you could mini tour golf, you know, throwing $10 million down at mini tour golf and having these kids move, you know, not through the ranks of the PGA Tour from Canada to Corn Ferry to Latin America to the PGA Tour, however that could get there now. Um, I think it would have been something we touched on earlier. Like, now there's a lot of household names in the SEC and the ACC and some top players from, you know, the U.S. Amateur and the U.S. Juniors and things like that, that it takes them three or four years. And, you know, a lot of kids kind of walk away because, you know, mom and dad can't financially back them, you know, $50,000, $100,000 to kind of get their feet wet in mini tour golf. And for me, I would have just liked to see, you know, kind of how Brooks Kepka and, um, you know, some of these guys went to the European tour, saw the world first, and then kind of came back to America you know, it'd be kind of cool to get some world rankings and things like that and have the infrastructure move that way. But, you know, women's golf is another thing. There's no reason why there can't be, you know, a male and female mini tour that you throw $25 million down. And that's kind of the staple for the United States. Where they go from there is, you know, beyond. But PGA Tour Canada, you know, they're playing for decent money. But, you know, $150,000 a week isn't like life changing. It doesn't cover expenses from, you know, 20, not even 10 down. It, it's... Yeah. I, I would just like to see that money go somewhere else um, and just support other layers of professional golf. And if that means that, you know, a Westwood or a Poulter show up to these events, you're going to get the local draw anyways. I know if you look at like the Hooters tour back in the day or uh, swing thought tour now, I guess it's called, um, you know, when they get a, a former tour player, these people will come out of the woodworks and they'd be, you know, 500, a thousand people watching these guys because, you know, it's still good golf at that level. And, I don't know. I just would like to see this money be distributed differently. Maybe they have a plan to kind of do that, but you know, anytime that you're going to take the infrastructure of the PGA tour away and have guys choose, it's never going to end well, even at the entry level of PGA tour Canada or corn Ferry. So. Yeah. You know, and the revenue is always going to be driven by the television contracts and who carries it and, and what we do with it. That being said, who's going to be the catalyst. Okay. So if you're talking Poulter, you're talking Westwood, you're talking late 40s, right? Mid to late 40s. Luke Donald, Justin Rose, probably not carrying many flags anymore. Like your big European guys all live in Jupiter. They all live somewhere in Florida. They're all commuting back and forth. Jason Day's living in Columbus. Like I'm trying to figure out who the catalyst is. Obviously Mickelson was going to be that. And we all know he's, he's, he's just got to stay home for a while. He's just, he just can't go out in public for a while. So I'm just kind of curious who the catalyst, like obviously Rory would have been the guy, right? Rory and Rom would have been one and two. If you can get those two to play, then I think you have a whole different perspective. Both of them are locked solid on the PGA tour until this, this publicity thing dies down. So as I was writing earlier, I'm trying to figure out who they're going to count on because it's not going to be Kokorak. It's not going to be Norman. It can't be the two Europeans that we mentioned. So I'm trying to go through the process of elimination who's going to be the first to go. And I think that's really going to be the telltale sign because it doesn't necessarily have to be European. Do they go to, a, you know, does Hideki jump in because it's an easier travel schedule? I just don't know what they're going to do to draw, even though it's, you know, going to be some part of an, in North America and other things. I really am not sure who they're going to put the bib on and say, this is our number one. There has to be some kind of announcement that's coming within the confines of all this, because he did say, on Subpar's podcast that he received multiple emails from 
guys that are inside the top 10 on the OWRG ranking. So there has to be somebody in there that's looking to jump ship or, or was that just a Bob Kane marketing with John McEnroe trying to get a job with CBS, right? I I don't believe him for a second because if he had facts, it would have been posted three weeks ago because it would have saved his ass. Right. I I just, you know, that's the great thing about podcasts like ours, right? You can say whatever you want and nobody's really going to give a shit and then they're going to move on. But if he had names, unless there's some sort of compensation to protect the names clause, he, he, he is not loyal or not a stand-up guy that would have just swallowed all these knives and not given it up. I'm sorry. There's no way. True. He did get, he received emails. They just said, thank you for your consideration, (laughs) but absolutely not. The top 10 players said, no, fuck off. They're all, they're all on Hillary's server. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Keep, uh, keep, I don't know what you're talking about. We don't want Russia invading our podcast. I have to get um, the country. Hey, bullshit. Hey, if it gives us numbers, let them invade. Yeah, I guess. Eh? <laughs> you hear that, guys? Come on. We're, we're, we're not above that. Let's not act like we are. The water's warm. Come on in. Uh, I will say, I want to say our condolences, obviously, from the Four Jack podcast family go out to the University of the Southwest. Horrible, horrible news this week. Uh, very tragic car accident. Reading a bit of it uh, online today, finding out that the the truck that crashed uh, was being driven by a 13 year old kid. Yeah. So just horrible, horrible, horrible news, and 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 obviously devastating for all those families. You know, it was one of those things that right away my first thought process was because we didn't know about the 13 year olds. All I thought about was the Western Hockey Leagues and all the hockey leagues where these guys are in the middle of winter on ice roads, just bus to bus, head banging off the wind off the windows, just going between these cities, between, you know, the West coast and the East coast. And it's just like, that's the first thing, like I'm surprised, not obviously wanting more of it, but I'm surprised that something like this doesn't happen a little more often. Right. Like, obviously we've had tragedies on a lot of fronts, but it is a horrible tragedy that somebody, you know, three years under the legal driving age was, was a big reason this happened. And so uh, it just is such a, such a hardship and you're right. Condolences to all involved. Yeah, a little bit of the uh, Humboldt uh, Broncos yeah. vibes right. on that one. And, and our, our thoughts are with those families as well, uh, recovering from that tragic, tragic accident. Uh, we're excited to head into a big weekend of golf here. We got the double tap events going on, the Dell Technologies match play and the Corrales Punta Cana championship. So I'm, I don't expect Billy Horschel to repeat this year at the Dell as Sam Burns did uh, coming off the Valspar here, but uh, would be nice to see Joel Damon take down the, the Corrales again. I, I highly doubt he's playing it. I think he's probably playing the, uh, the up event, but uh, lots of golf coming up. We're, you know, heading down the home stretch here into uh, April into the masters. And uh, yeah, that's all I got for you guys. Any final thoughts? boys? Well, also mentioned the women are, not playing this week. Never mind. I was going to say they're in Carlsbad, the home of Callaway Golf, Derek. But uh, they don't play till next week. So you didn't. You didn't. Through me. Just, didn't also, the whole of our today. sponsor, Taylor Made Golf. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. Oh. But uh, one th- one thing I do want to talk about is uh, the Augusta National Women's. Uh, there's two of two people I adore a lot. Amari, excuse me, Amari Avery and Kat Moosey, both from USC, are going to play there. 
Uh, they'll both be rocking the Rolling Hills head covers. Uh, and so I appreciate them immensely. I think it's going to be one of, if you guys aren't, you know, if our listeners aren't really watching that, it's a, it's an amazing watch. These, as we talked about in the last tour trash, these, these girls are really good. And this is the best of the best there. You're going to see probably a dozen, if not 20 future tour winners. And, you know, you're talking some of the best there is with Rose and, and Amari and almost every one of your top ranked girls. And, you know, <laughs> I remember Justin had six uh, from USC two years ago. So, I mean, they have two and it's like, as we were talking with these powerhouses, but do yourself a favor, watch the Augusta national women's am and watch the drive chip and putt and, and just lead up into Augusta into the masters because they're really, really special events and the juniors and the girls, they, they deserve every bit of this and they deserve all the publicity and all the success they're going to get. Yeah. Super cool. I did see uh, one, one little highlight from the women's uh, I don't even know what tour it was on Susie Whaley, the, the, one of the PGA tour big ups, uh, her daughter's playing on one of the developmental tours and uh, pretty exciting to see her shoot a course record nine under, I think it was a, a birdie record on the, at the event. So very, very cool. Lots of good players out there. Boys. Speaking, of, speaking of drive chip, Benny's uh, teammate, Alexander Carr defends in two weeks, which is the topic. They were at the golf course today and you now she's actually going back. She gets to defend, which is pretty cool. So that was supposed that was supposed to happen last year, wasn't it? But but because she of won girl. last year, but last she year, was okay. in the under ten. But now she's actually twelve. It's kind of weird now that they're catching all the way up. But huh. um, they they ran it. The Canadians couldn't get in, but I think they've done something that she's defending or something. I don't know. Awesome. He didn't give me the whole lowdown. They were just talking about it. He's like, I want to play in that. And I'm like, well, you can. You just gotta chip and putt. So that's that's all I got. <laughs> Love it. Well, we'll leave it there, boys. I'm going to uh, get into a birdie juice, head home and do a little percussive recovery with the Theragun, wearing my cricket shirt and uh, testing out the new Manscaped products. Did you see By the me? way, did you did you drop the putter? Maybe, you know, if, if are we are we still in the shipping portion of the putter? Putters came. So uh, <laughs> big shout out to Mike Johnson, Peretti Golf. We finally, uh, after 16 and a half years of shipping, receiving issues. The putters landed to California and uh, the team will have them. We'll do a little content uh, first week of April when we're all together in LA. And uh, yeah, really excited. To, uh, I'll put a little unboxing up probably this week. So there'll be some social media content. We'll see if we can swindle Mike into uh, maybe throwing a putter at us to give away as one of our monthly merch gives away. Giveaways. David. So the coolest thing was when we had, I can't remember which artist it was, but we talked about the vest shacket. So Morgan Wallen was wearing the shacket um, on Friday, Thursday night, last uh, week. Uh, yep. Morgan rocked it. But if you look at Saturday night show, some sleeves got cut off. Yes. Yeah, it, got a little, it got a little warm, according to Mr. Logan. So the first night with the cricket shacket ended up being the third night of a cutoff T-shirt. But cutoff T-shirt turned into cutoff shacket. Correct. T-shirt. So <laughs> yes. it was kind of like, you know, it wasn't posted on social that – you know, the shacket was worn, but that said, uh, the shacket vest now available at cricketshirts.com with a pair of scissors um, to cut off your sleeves. So, and what a run by Paul, right? Like, how about Big Lab just having a run in Nashville, right? Just oh. everybody. I mean, Hardy annihilated the crowd, obviously, dropped the new song. Ernest so, was no. there. It just, it was Larry. I mean, it was just like, it was, Larry Fleet was there. It was just crazy. And then all of the stars that came out and, I just kept getting texts and videos from Paul and it just, he, 
I don't know. He, I, I'm guessing that, you know, Christine is going to win wife of the year for the next couple of years. Cause dude's just never home. Yeah. Combo he, year. Uh, and he just never home. He, put he, a, he just got he it put all. A, he did put a couple of posts up saying something about his dog telling him not to, not to keep going out. And I said, I can only imagine the, the portfolio of flavors on that hand right now that your dog's licking. Well, and I know three that we're going on together in the next 90 days. So I'm going to probably uh, contribute a little bit to that. Yeah. We'll call it uneasiness. Well, and his, he has 12 beautiful pieces coming from cricket shirts. They're going to go to Iceland, Europe, Australia, <laughs> And eventually they'll make it to the center of the universe. Yeah, and, yeah. and speaking of which, the Dallas Smith finally got sent to the one igloo in the one part of the world that doesn't have an address. So. Rodney Slade, yeah, he's super stoked. And he can't is. Wait. Uh, I can't wait to get that video. I'm just so. It took me seven days just to get it to, to, to take the address. So I'm finally stoked. <laughs> I think it's, uh, yeah, it has to go on the UPS canoe across yes. the creek to get over to that location. That's pretty remote. But uh, Rodney, we're, we're excited for you. We can't wait to see some posts on social media. Wearing that uh, Vancouver Dallas Smith signed jersey. Really, really cool piece from Big Loud. Thanks to those guys. Gentlemen, uh, it's been fun. Look forward to lots of golf this weekend. David, you got something final? Stuart saying plus 32,000. Wow. Just just mail me the 100. I'll make it more in craps. Wow. <laughs> that is impressive. And by the way, just got a text. Uh, Corey Lane is currently won the last six against Chris. So Chris obviously getting closer to home with the with Lauren not not doing very well in the golf so so brother Corey wow. is absolutely just rubbing Chris all around on the golf course love that those boys have been playing a lot I've seen a lot of stuff on social media on both their pages so that's, you notice uh, you see a lot more of Corey so that's probably why right yeah probably <laughs> nobody likes to see a guy walk back to his bag and get another ball that doesn't yeah. go on camera even one with that disposition you're right yeah there you go all right, gents, it's been a pleasure as always. Uh, thanks to Taylor Golf for making this possible, and we will catch up next week. I think we're going to drop the Dontrell Willis remastered edition this coming Thursday. Probably a little bit of, uh, of a highlight reel, the following, and then we're going to dive into some new guest stuff. We won't, uh, we won't give too many teasers away, but there's some big, big names coming at you. So, Masters, we kick off. Super excited for the Masters when we're all in LA together. We've, we've got a lot of good ones. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. We'll do a little content stuff and uh, hopefully get into Briston's wallet on the golf course. All right, boys. Have a wonderful evening. Thanks so much for listening, and we will catch up next week.